0: Hello everyone, I'm Bob Maine. Welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. A practical show done by a practical guy. That is me because I'm not ex-law enforcement, not ex-military, not a fancy gunsmith making custom guns or anything like that. I'm just an everyday guy who takes my Second Amendment rights very seriously and I share them with you. So you're going to get my everyday man's perspective on the Second Amendment, on firearms, freedom, and everything related to that. Remember this episode is sponsored by Concealment Solutions. Makers fantastic holsters. You get a fifteen percent discount on a new holster just by using the coupon code Handgun World. If you need a good concealment, if you need a good concealed carry Holster, check out concealmentsolutions.com and I own several of their products. So I want to start this show by beginning a new practice for the next 10 weeks. I do this show every week, comes out on Sunday, and we have exactly 10 Sundays, including today, including this Sunday, before the election, It's 10 Sundays, a little over 10 weeks. And so what I am going to do is there are 10 amendments to the Constitution called the Bill of Rights. And I am going to, once a week, each week, I'm going to take them in order, 1 through 10. And I'm going to start with a brief discussion of those 10 amendments. I think it's important that we all know what the Bill of Rights consists of. A lot of people don't know that. Unfortunately, not enough is taught about this in schools anymore. And I think it's... uh, Extremely important and something that we should not ever forget. And it's it's very timely since we have an election coming up. So the First Amendment of the United States Constitution is like this. It's exactly like this. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. All right, so let's get a little bit more specific. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. You notice how the Constitution often refers to Congress, and it, re- and it often refers to the federal government. You see, a lot of people say, well, it's my constitutional right. And they say, well, the Constitution gives me this right to do such and such. No, you know what, folks? The Constitution does not technically give you rights. You have inherent rights. You are born with certain inalienable rights You are endowed by your creator. And that among those rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now that comes from the Declaration of Independence. Where they said we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. And they are endowed by their creator. With certain inalienable rights. Endowed by their creator. In other words, these rights are inalienable and You inherited them from your Creator. What the Constitution does is it protects those rights. It stops the government from interfering with your rights. A lot of people don't realize that the Constitution was written to restrict government. It was basically written to tell government what they can and cannot do. So, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. That means that the government cannot make a law favoring one type of religion or another. Now, people take the whole separation of church and state out of context. That whole separation of church and state business came from a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to the Danbury Baptists in 1802. It was a letter, folks. It was a letter. The Supreme Court wrongly created that own ver- their own version of the law of separation of church and state. Yes, the, the Supreme Court can get things wrong sometimes. It was only a letter, folks. And do you know what that letter was about? That was Thomas Jefferson responding to a Baptist organization because the Baptist organization was worried that because they were Baptists that they were not going to get equal representation. Think about that now. Equal representation in the government. So Thomas Jefferson wrote back to them and said, do not worry. You are going to get equal representation because I believe that there's a wall of separation of church and state. And basically he said there that government should not interfere with their religion. That's what it says in the letter folks that government should not interfere with their religion. Wow, think about how many ways today that that separation of church and state business has been twisted. It's been twisted And government is allowed to interfere with religion. That's not what Thomas Jefferson meant. Because the First Amendment also says government cannot prohibit the free exercise of religion. They can't abridge the freedom of speech or of the press. Now, do you see examples in the United States where government is prohibiting the free exercise of religion? I think it's very easy to see where government does that. Or abridging the freedom of speech. Government can't abridge the freedom of speech. Now, a lot of people complain about social media censoring what we put out there. Well, keep in mind, social media is not the government. So, I'm not 100% sure the Constitution really pertains to social media here. <laughs> social media didn't, agree, didn't exist when they wrote the Constitution. But even if it did, what, what, what the First Amendment says is that government shall not restrict your freedom of speech. Or of the press. Or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble. Uh, assemble. I'm going to, I'm going to emphasize that word peaceably assemble. Today's protests where people are burning down buildings, firebombing buildings, attacking people, throwing Molotov cocktails into buildings and and attacking people and shooting people on the street, that's not their right to peaceably assemble. That's not protected by the First Amendment. And then finally it says, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. But again, remember that must be a peaceful petition. Okay, so there's the First Amendment. This is the first week. There's a summary of the First Amendment. Again, for the next 10 weeks I am going to read and give a summary of each of the first 10 amendments called the Bill of Rights. If you have any comments or questions, I would love to hear them. You can email me, handgunworld at gmail.com. You can call in a voicemail, 210-646-1727. Well, by popular demand, I brought back Greg Nichols from Suarez International to do another interview on this show. and um, It's a little bit lengthy, but I really think you're going to enjoy it because I gave him some of the listener feedback that I got from his interview with me a couple of weeks ago. And so in this one, we kind of expanded on what you can and cannot do if you are faced with a riot. Um, we also talked about more on what, how to, basically how to get out of your vehicle if you're in trouble and how to use your vehicle as a weapon. We kind of ex- expanded a little bit about that. We talked about the situation in Kenosha, Wisconsin and, about, and quite a few other things. So I really think that you're going to enjoy this a lot i got to make a quick announcement for all you Shooters Club members. We're having a problem with PayPal. So if you get an email from PayPal that says that uh, your subscription to the Shooters Club did not go through, look for an email from me coming shortly with an alternative so that you can maintain your access to the Shooters Club. We're coming up with an alternative payment uh, method. And uh, just look for that. Look for an email. So please pay attention. Uh, Folks, if you get an email from me regarding the Shooters Club for all Shooters Club members that are out there. And new members. If you want to become a new member of the Shooters Club to support my show and Ben Branham's show, go to handgunworld.com and use one of the links at handgunworld.com, not shootersclubmembers.com. Right now we're having a problem with that website. You can still watch all your videos. Don't worry. You can still log in, watch all your videos, listen to all your custom podcasts. But if you're a new sign-up, Go to handgunworld.com. I just changed the Shooters Club page. So use those links on the Shooters Club sign up page to make your subscription and either choose a monthly or an annual subscription. You have to make a choice a monthly or an annual subscription, not a one time um, payment because it's either $8 a month or $75 per. per excuse me, $75. Per year, And last but not least, uh, please come to one of our classes. Uh, ben Branham and I, we, uh, we just got done. We went to the shooting range. We did some more discussion and practice and, and training so that we can sharpen up our skills to do an even better job of training our students. September 19th and 20th in San Antonio, there's only a few spots left. And we're also teaching Beyond Concealed Carry in Dallas, in Waxahachie. Uh, November 14th and 15th, so check those out at handgunworld.com. We'd love to see you at one of our classes. You're about to, in this interview, hear why training is so important. So, let's bring on Greg Nichols for Part 2 right now. Well, folks, back with me for Part 2 is Greg Nichols from Suarez International. Greg, welcome back. Thank you, back. Yeah, I promised everybody a part two. Here it is. And um, I want the listeners to know I even sent Greg a couple of pieces of feedback that you were also kind to email in. And, uh, Greg, most of the the feedback I got was was good, positive stuff. And uh, we're going to have a good one this time, aren't we?
1: I I think so. Uh, You know, uh, last time I I stuck with, like, broad basics, like broad brushstrokes, but... Honestly, I think this is a a topic that that uh, deserves some more attention, you know, especially in today's day and age.
0: Yeah, um, it does. So
1: I, I'm, I'm excited about sharing with you.
0: Yeah, I am too. And what I meant by my last comment that we're going to have a good one, I didn't want to make you feel like the first one was not good. It was good, but uh, we're going to continue and keep it rolling. Okay? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Let's uh, let's do this. Let's jump into it. All right, so I sent you a couple of emails, and just feel free, go ahead and uh, and comment on some of the feedback that you got. Why don't we start about? Why don't we start the one that I believe came from Alan about the Castle Doctrine? I think I got that right. Uh,
1: a gentleman from uh, um, Utah, I believe. Oh, uh, it
0: was. I don't think it was. Well, yeah, okay. The gentleman from Utah. If I got his name wrong, I'm sorry. But uh, talk about that
1: one. Yeah gentleman from Utah, uh, we had a couple of great uh, feedbacks and a couple of great questions. And so when I first uh, jumped into this uh, podcast, uh, I I was not fully prepared for everywhere we were going to go. So I I want to address a couple.
0: That's my fault.
1: So (laughs) the, the gentleman from Utah had questions and comments about Castle State and Castle State Doctrine. Uh, The very first thing I want to say is that uh, in your state, if you have not researched your – I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an attorney. I'm not giving legal advice. Neither am I. And in your state, if you have not researched your laws and what you can and cannot do inside a self-defense environment, uh, you're failing. You need to not only read it but – Potentially reach out to somebody, an attorney, when I say somebody, an attorney that knows the law. Um, Yes. Like for $100, you can sit down with an attorney and be like, all right, look, tell me where I can and cannot be. And something else I want to address with that is that uh, us at Suarez International, we conduct a class – and it was very controversial called Killing Within the Law. Mm-hmm. And yes. in that class, we discuss when you can and cannot defend yourself violently. And we discuss what to say or not say to the police. So it, it's, a, uh, it's a very fluid thing because you can be totally wrong but totally legally right and at the same time, you can be morally wrong and legally right.
0: Yeah, that's that a great – that makes perfect sense. That's a great point. I've always said that just because something is legal does not necessarily mean that it's the right thing to do.
1: Right, and when I when I look at something like a self-defense position, I look at it from a moral, legal, and ethical standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Uh. So I look at all three. And so we designed this thing uh, that's basically a step-by-step waterfall on whether you're justifiable to make a shoot. And I welcome anybody to go to the Suarez blog or Suarez International and Google uh, the – I'm sorry. Google the what? The Castle Doctrine? or the yeah no not the castle doctrine the uh the workflow we oh do a okay workflow, okay got it well go sh- workflow and you can find that in there and we constructed this between myself and Gabe and a detective sergeant and so the workflow, you, you push it through that, and you can decide.
0: You're talking so, about the class, that the workflow the workflow for the Suarez International class. The,
1: work, the workflow is a document, and the class is a two-day class that talks about justification and investigation. And the, the main aspect of that is that if you're involved in a shooting, what you have to articulate – so that you don't end up in jail. So what we find is that a lot of folks are indoctrinated with the idea that if you shoot somebody, you're going to jail, you're losing your gun, you're getting charged. And that's not true. We, we, we've seen it not present in a number of shootings among our students, because they can articulate themselves in a proper manner that tells them well this was the threat i couldn't leave you know i had a moral obligation to be there if it wasn't you yeah and you know it, i like that's very basic right but yeah it's not always it, true i
0: you know sometimes it might be true and many times it might be not like you're saying like you're saying that there's many times that's not true
1: correct but post shooting what you can articulate so, uh, as an example, a number of years ago, this is back like, I don't know, 2008, 2009, we had a prosecutor from the most liberal area in L.A. County come talk to us and give a presentation. Okay. And in defensive shootings, do you know how many, what percentage of people actually get prosecuted?
0: No, I don't. In defensive
1: sh- three percent three percent liberal area of LA County
0: 3%. actually get prosecuted
1: point, yes yes wow and that that's early well like early mid2000s right three uh, percent of those get prosecuted and among those three percent most of them are prosecuted because they have precursors like they've had interactions with this individual like there's a a standing conflict, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, or a prior record or something like
1: that. Right, but a prior interaction like didn't exist. They didn't get prosecuted. So Interesting. What we discovered, and and through this local detective sergeant, also like he, and he was a, a, a collegiate instructor. Um, what we found was. That articulation means everything. So there's a lot of people that will stand by the stance of shut up and get your attorney. There's people that talk too much. Right. But then there's people that articulate what actually happened. The de- Not the details, but there's a gun over there. This guy assaulted me. I defended myself. I shot him five times. And... After the event was over, I put my gun down and waited for the police officers to show up.
2: Okay. Perfect. Perfect.
1: Totally justifiable shooting that didn't go to court. They didn't even spend a day in jail. Interesting. Okay. They took their gun gun for evidence, and they're like, all right, you're free to go. And away they went.
0: And this prosecuting attorney was from Los Angeles County. yeah, Yeah. Okay.
1: And so... So as we investigated this and started teaching this, uh, it's a little controversial. We called it Killing Within the Law, right? Uh, Yeah. Which is a controversial title.
0: It definitely is a controversial title, yes.
1: It's legit information because it's what you say, how you say it, and how you present yourself after a defensive shooting that – can make the difference between going to jail and not going to jail and we found it important because a good intelligent productive civilian should not have the fear of going to jail for defending themselves appropriately okay and what we found in a number of a number of folks number of shootings since we started doing these is that if you give a good statement, like, this is what happened, you know. Yes. I took care of it, and this is the way I took care of it. And as soon as I was done with that, I called you, and, you know, that's how it went down. If you give a good statement, it's less likely you'll end up in jail. Because if you think about it, if you think about it, you follow the mind. Mm-hmm. So attorneys want you to shut up and do nothing. I want my attorney because they get more billable hours.
0: Yeah. Well, and I also like to even, think – go ahead. Sorry, Greg. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say even if they're in your corner, they're going to get the billable hours. But if you deliver a good statement, this guy shot at me. He threw the gun over here. I shot him before he did. He did. And the guns over there, you give the uh, the inspectors or the investigators the appropriate tools to clear your name. They may take your gun. They may take you into custody, but you're not going to spend overnight in, over j- in jail. You know, you have to be able to articulate yourself. The the way you speak and the way you uh, conduct yourself, you, it, it carries value. Well,
0: right? you just said something very important right there, too. <clears throat> now um I want to throw something in then because that's a, this is a great point you just raised. So if your statement especially if your statement matches the facts cuz your your statement's going to get investigated the whole incident's going to get investigated right? So Absolutely. if 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 what you if what you say matches the facts then I I think you probably got a pretty good chance Of of getting through it and getting I'm still going to want my attorney as soon as I possibly can. But I kind of agree with you that, you know, I'm not quite so sure if instantly shutting up and and calling for your attorney is the is the best practice all the time, because then you haven't articulated anything.
1: Yeah. So there's a line there like you want to give them enough information to further their investigation. Right so you don't want to be combative with law enforcement officers and you don't want to shut up Does that make sense
0: oh and so all right so so let me get you to expand on that okay I think we got the point you don't want to be combative and but you don't want to completely shut up let's come correct. back let's come back to that but what you just said leads me into something I want to talk about uh, and before we get done I want you to um, address some of the other emails. Let's go ahead and talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. From well, he's not from my home state of Wisconsin. He was in my home state of Wisconsin. He's from Illinois. So let's talk about the seventeen. Let's talk about the seventeen-year-old young man that decided to drive to don't, Kenosha.
1: I don't want to address him until I finish addressing the uh, the St. Louis folks. Okay, let's talk about
0: so uh, finish the St. Louis folks. All right, let's do that. All
1: right, so so. The 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 constructive feedback we got concerning the Castle State and the uh, St. Louis folks, right?
0: Castle doctrine, yes.
1: That, that there's castle doctrine. There's mandatory retreat. There's you know there's all these different things. So if you don't spend the time investigating your own state's laws, you're failing yourself. I agree. Uh, in addition. The context of the email was taking, taken uh, outside of, out of, outside of the, the realm of discussion. So the, the – and I, I'm not degradating the young man from Utah. What I'm saying is that you misconstrued my comments. So our entire last discussion was about riots. Yes, it was. And riotous things. This is not a kid stealing your TV. This is 50 people breaking into your house and burning your stuff down. Which is going
0: right. on out there today?
1: It is. And so like, I'm not saying that you have the... I didn't say you had the right to shoot somebody if they're taking your TV. I'm saying that you have the right to defend your personal property, right? And this is far different. And it also comes down to articulation, right? If I have a dude that wants to kick in my door, I might shoot
0: him, right? Okay.
1: I might not. Is he? Does he display a threat to me or my family personally? Well, yes or no. It, 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 let's yes. say the answer is yes. Say the answer is yes. I'm shooting. Right. If the answer is no. no.
0: But if they're, if they like, broke into your garage to steal some tools, they're probably not a threat to you.
1: Right. Exactly. If they're not f- threatening me or my family or people I'm responsible for, no, you, you don't have the right to shoot them. And I, I want to make this clear. You Well, it's, it's unlikely you have the right to shoot them depending on your state. Again, I'm not an attorney, you know, uh, but this is mob versus individual violence.
0: Yeah, it is. Right. And even in St. Louis, the St. Louis couple, uh, and by the way, they were on TV last week um, talking a little bit about their case. That was, that was definitely a mob. That was an angry mob, and that was a mob that I very much was threatening their life, and they were on their property threatening their life.
1: Correct, and I don't know a law in this world that says you can't carry a gun on your property i've not seen one
0: yeah right 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 and um if somebody is so if somebody's threatening you and they're on your property it becomes a property defense but it also becomes self-defense of your life
1: uh, it uh, yes well not property defense so much but a defense of your life if yeah. there's 50 if there's a dude like a guy standing on your property say i'm gonna kick your ass uh, can you shoot him? I would I not maybe I would not. Yeah I'll give you a maybe. Does he display a weapon? I mean there's there's like I told you last time, it's like it depends
2: right. And
1: the best answer is it depends. you know there's there's too many what ifs there but you know 50, 60 people that broke down a, a physical barrier to enter private property and then stand on your property and threaten you, Uh, that's different. Well, it's a lot different because in the case
0: in St. Louis, okay, I'm going to pick a number. Let's say there were 70 people there. So it was 70 people against two. That's a huge outnumber situation right there. And I don't think that anybody, I think anybody would be justified in that situation.
1: Exactly, because what you're talking about is a reasonable disparity of force, right? right? I'm a pretty fit and I'm pretty good fighter. Like I've had my ass kicked by some MMA guys in the BJJ gym, but you know I'm I'm pretty decent. You know I'm pretty decent martially, but you add a second person or a third person, that's what you call disparity of force. Definitely disparity and, of force, yes. Right, and I'm getting older. You know, yep. I'm still fit. I'm 43 years old. You know, yeah. Uh, some 23 year old uh, with cauliflower ear who's been doing MMA for 10 years is going to freaking bash me out,
0: right? Yeah. So let's so let's talk about this subject, Greg. In Saint <laughs> Louis, in Saint Louis, that couple—they're around my age. I'm 58. I, they look to be right around my age. And and if there's 50 or 60 people on your your property shouting insults, threatening, uh, displaying that they physically might come at you or come at your he's wife, saying, saying they were and yeah. saying they were, uh, and and these people don't appear to be as physically fit as you probably are.
1: So I, I definitely say that they uh, there was a threatening situation there. You know, I've had a couple of people kicking my head before. Yeah. Just two, before my partner showed up, and you know, it's not fun, and they could kill me. Uh, yeah. Right. Two people, you know, two people against you and your wife, you can establish disparity of force. Right. You have to articulate it, though. You can't be you can't be stupid about it. You have to be able to articulate how. So across the states, and I'm sure somebody's gonna throw in an email, but across the states, generally, when it comes to uh, you know violent defense of yourself, uh, there has to be a threat of death or serious bodily injury. Yeah. Okay. So let's look said- at. A- Let's if look at all let, Go ahead. can kick my head in. Two 17-year-olds could kick my head in in 10 minutes. Sure they could. Yeah. Is that Is that not a threat? Sure it is. Armed or armed, you could boot my head in in 10 minutes. Right. Sure it is. Even though I've got a head like a rock, you know, because I'm borderline retarded. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say retarded. Should I say uh,
0: That's okay. That, that We know what you mean. That's fine
1: i got a lot of head injuries. So uh, two kids, two, two teenagers could kick my head in, you know, in ten minutes. Even though I'm fit, I'm trained, you know, I have all the tools. That's a disparity of force. If I'm a 20-year-old man and I have a gun, maybe, maybe, maybe you can articulate that. But it comes down to the articulation of the threat. Right, it doesn't come down to whether they're actually performing the violence, but the threat of violence is what you need to articulate within the law. Again, I'm not an attorney, just articulate it. Like there's these two young, fit guys that are trying to kick my head in, and I'm on the ground taking a couple of boots to the face, and all of a sudden I pull my gun and shoot him up. Am I right? Am I wrong? Well, mind, you're yeah.
0: Well, let me get your opinion on this, Greg. So I've always said over the years to people that listen, and that is that we we pretty much we pretty much hope that the that pulling our gun out and having to shoot somebody is the last choice that we've made, the very last choice. When everything else has failed, nothing else has worked. It's imminent that you're you're going to have grave bodily harm or you're going to die. Right. That's the so you've you've gone through the process already. We're assuming that you've you've gone through the process of ascertaining whether this is a life threatening situation or not.
1: It depends. Ah, there you go. That's good. I love it. I, I, I love it. it. It depends. It depends. So in my position, in my thought process, right, is so even if it's one on one, right? And I can't articulate a disparity of force, right? If somebody attacks me physically, is there a gun in the fight?
0: Well, let's say let's say yes, there's a gun
1: in the fight. I would say there is because I'm 99% armed. Okay. If you attack me physically and I'm armed, the likelihood of you getting my gun and harming others, right? Yeah. Exists. There's a gun in the fight, which makes it a a you know a, a a fight over life and death. Right. But can you articulate that?
0: Yeah. And is it also reality? Is it fact? It is fact.
1: Yeah. Is it or is it not? I'm wearing a gun. There's a gun in the fight. If the guy gets my gun and I can't defend myself, like I get knocked out, what is he doing with my gun? Right, that's a life and death fight.
0: That is definitely yeah. a life and death fight. I would agree.
1: Yes. So so that, that that's kind of my points with the the whole St. Louis thing is like like these fecal, uh, these people are like not only is it their property, it's I mean, as you said, they're of a mature age. Right. And I mean, they're not 80, but I mean, look at the photos. Show me the guy that can deadlift four hundred. You know, right? Uh, you know, these are people that are not physically fit. They're 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 not combative people. They're professionals with a house that's like a museum. Yes. And you got as you said seventy people in their front yard. Yeah. Yeah, they were completely appropriate. To go out there with guns and say, no, you're not touching my stuff. And I think that's where we got lost on that individual email was that I'm like, this is my stuff. I, I earned it. I worked for it. I spent my time on it. But it's, it's not a TV. It's not some 18-year-old kid busting your window and taking your TV. Right. This is 70 people wanting to burn your house down and beat you. So that's completely different.
0: I'm glad you brought that up, too. Different. I'm glad you and, brought that up because I agree. I think you were taken slightly out of context last time.
1: It, yeah, and I, I don't mind it. You know, I, I tend to be very short and curt in my responses, even when I write. Unless I write a full article, you know, uh, in my responses to things, I tend to I tend to be curt and, uh, you know, just like, you know, very short. Just because nine times out of ten, I'm, I'm doing my full-time job and I respond on my, you know, my phone and I don't, you know, I'm not on a computer or anything where I can construct a good, uh, you know, good response. But uh, but uh, and I think the same thing happened with our last conversation. It's like uh, you hit me with that and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, people. <laughs> close you know it, it and it was taken out of context because the context is not an individ, individual or a number of individuals it was a mob on your front lawn that already broke so breaking and entering doesn't mean or you know doesn't mean what it sounds like right so they broke and entered the property which is all private they were standing on your property and threatening your house and your home and your family.
0: So yeah, and if you watched if anybody watched the videos, the minute that those mobsters busted into that gated community, the the minute that the, the second that they broke into the gate, they're on they've busted into private property. They're trespassing on private property.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's no public sidewalks, there's no public streets, right? there's no public easement between the sidewalk and the street. There's literally no place that any of these people can legally stand and complain.
0: Right, and, and, the, and if they're unwelcome, then they're trespassing.
1: And he notified them, this is private property. Right. Perfectly acceptable, right? Yep. This is private property, you're not welcome here. Please leave, or mm-hmm. whatever his language was. I mean, I, I'm assuming there's curse words involved, which would be if I was standing there.
0: <laughs> Probably uh, me too.
1: And, you know, in when you start threatening me and you take steps towards trying to do me harm, there's no state in this world that's ever going to prosecute you. To th- for threatening these people, or they shouldn't.
0: And let's and talk about some facts. I think the fact of the matter is, I don't think well, those... I would
1: say he never threatened them. I would say he never threatened them.
0: No, probably not. he
1: stay off my <clears throat> property. Just
0: pure and simple. And to the best of my knowledge, the McCloskeys have not been charged, have they?
1: Oh, I think they did, but I don't know if it held...
0: Maybe it didn't hold, yeah. Maybe they were and it didn't hold. And uh, it shouldn't.
1: I think it's charged, but I don't think that it, that it held at all.
0: Yeah. So, okay. Um, thank you for clarifying that. I think there was somebody else that emailed a comment that um, it was a good positive one where uh, talking about you when you talked about uh, driving and shooting. Okay. You want, uh, you want to talk a little bit more about that?
1: Uh, well, there's a couple things that I missed because I went back and re-listened to the last podcast. Like I said, I was I was unprepared. You know, normally I have powerpoints and a vehicle and a gun in my hand, and <laughs> you know it just flows a lot better. And a bunch of people ask me questions, right? So to try to give a dissertation is just it, it's a little awkward for me. So I went back and I listened to it, and there was a couple things I wanted to address. Uh, so. Driving and shooting, let me skip that. Let me let me go back to something else. Let me go okay. back to something more basic. So we talked about disabling a vehicle, right? And so I talked about ramming and how you push through a vehicle, right? You don't hit it. Mm-hmm. And I talked about airbags, but there's a lot of other things, a lot of other components that are as important or more important than airbags uh, when hitting a vehicle. So, disabling a vehicle, you have to know where your battery is. You have to know where your computer is. And a lot of the things outside, a lot of these cars outside of uh, the airbags also have gas disconnects where it shuts off the gas because they don't want the car to catch fire. Mm -hmm. And one other thing is ground clearance. So, we talked about escaping a threat, right?
0: We did talk about
1: that. So if you don't have the ground clearance, like personally, I drive a Mini Cooper because I like to drive. And you can think it's gay. I don't care. And I had a Hummer and, you know, I still drive a motorcycle and all that kind of stuff. So I'm still manly. But (laughs) day to day, I drive a Mini Cooper and it's it's like four inches off the ground.
2: Yeah, it's low. I can't
1: clear. Yeah, I can't clear a curb. Like, it's not going to happen. Right. So, ground clearance is a thing. Not for driving over protesters or whatever, but just get on a curb, hit a sidewalk, take a side street, right? Uh, So, number one, you have to think about what is your mission? Who is in your car? What are you trying to do? Right? So, if... My spouse, which I don't have one, is in my car suffering from some sort of debilitating injury. Mm -hmm. That is a different driving style than I'm going for coffee and, oh goodness, a riot shows up. You know, that's a whole different discussion.
0: Which could also happen these
1: days. Right, both ways. Yeah. So you got to understand what your mission is. If you got if you got a wife and kids in the car and that kind of thing, your decision matrix should be completely different than if you're just out going to Starbucks. Right. Yes, and you know, you brought up
0: something interesting about what kind of vehicle you're driving because that changes what your what your reaction is going to be also, right?
1: 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Uh, what I've seen, so I've watched a lot of these videos, you know, because, you know, it's my job. I I need to know what's going on. And I've seen a lot of these, these riots and vehicle blockings and things like that. And, you know, I've seen everything from a Honda Civic to a, you know, F350 with a horse trailer on. It, mm-hmm. Right. And most of them get so fixated on driving through the crowd. But what What if you could avoid it? Mm, yeah.
2: Just
1: not go. Just not go. Avoidance is
0: 100%. Don't be the, there. The
1: best fight. Yeah, you win every fight you don't engage in.
0: That's 100% correct. I'm glad you said that.
1: Right? So I'm a fairly aggressive person, you know, and normally I'm just like, you know, F you. I'm doing what I want. But who's there with you? You know, what's your responsibility? Um, Which was actually a a great question. Actually, let me step back. Let me go back to disabled vehicles. Uh, So not only do you have, like, gas cutoffs, you got your battery, you got your computer, you got ground clearance. All of these things can disable a vehicle. So why engage in that, right? So why engage in that? Don't even do it. Just leave. In in fact, that's, that's services. That's Secret Service's number one thing It's like, we're out, we're leaving, you know, mm-hmm. leave the, leave the uh, uh, what do you call them, uh, decoy vehicles, and we're out,
0: and we're out of here. Leave like the scene. Happened. Yep, get out yeah, quick.
1: That's happened for a times. It uh, has, yes. Well, since Gerald Ford, since Gerald Ford got rear-ended by some guy in a Ford. Uh, Oh, what was that little car? Ford anyway, got hit by a Ford, so. huh? Yeah, Ford got hit by a Ford. Uh, it was a little fender bender, and they took off. And this guy's like, "Holy crap, that's the president!" Um, but um, you can research that if you don't believe me. But uh, so yeah, so so it's all about leaving. It's all about getting out of the area.
0: Well, you just made me think of something, uh, Greg. You just made me think of, of sure. something. I hope people notice every single time the president of the United States is threatened in any way. And I'm not just talking about this president. I'm talking about presidents going all the way back to probably uh, Kennedy, maybe even earlier. What is the first thing you see Secret Service do? You're exactly right. They get him the heck out of there. That's the very first thing they do. You don't see the Secret Service agents you know, engaging in the fight if they don't have to. You don't see them. You don't see them trying to. You know, uh, immediately return the fight. They're 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 leaving. They're getting the president away from the scene.
1: Exactly. Uh, so show me since Lincoln, when the Secret Service was created, show me one time they got in a gunfight. Yeah. One time. Uh,
0: Just that, one. I don't think there is. Is there?
1: Not one. No. That's not, not, one. not one. Doesn't exist. No, they, they get so they get, and this is a great thing, actually. When you think about your family, you get your principal out of the way. So when you're an adult man with a family, your principal is your wife and kids. Mm-hmm. You know, that they are the president of the United States, and it's your responsibility to make it right.
2: Right.
0: They're your principal. Exactly right.
1: Yeah, they're your principal from a PSD standpoint. They're your principal. Like, like they're everything. And I'm not going to risk my wife, my family to drive a car through a, a, a terror threat or drive or start a shootout in a mob, you know. Or even, like, the other day, there was that girl that wouldn't raise her hand in Washington, D.C., like, raise a fist. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen this?
0: Uh, no, I haven't seen it.
1: Okay, so a bunch of these Black Lives Matter guys got in front of this lady who's sitting there having dinner with her boyfriend, screaming at her because she won't raise a fist, like to support Black Lives Matter. Okay. Raise your fist. Get your people out. Of them. Right. Like what? What is your responsibility? What is the biggest part of your responsibility? To take care of your family or to make a political statement?
0: Greg, let me interrupt you for just a second. Something happened. No. It sounds like you're on a speakerphone or something. Um, if did you go to a speakerphone?
1: Uh, no, I've been the same thing. Oh there we go. Time.
0: Now your sound the sound quality is better. Okay, maybe it was just the internet. No. Go ahead.
1: No worries. Uh, yeah, so in DC Uh, There was this couple sitting down just having dinner, and these BLM folks came in there screaming at these people while they're trying to have dinner, which, you know, stay classy. Um, But they're screaming at this lady, and they're like, raise your fist for Black Lives Matter. She's like, no, I'm not. And And they're screaming at her. She's like, no, I'm not. I don't believe in that. Me, personally? I'd have my fist up in the air and be like, yep, I'm good. Right. Yeah, we're all good. We're brothers.
0: Because you're I'm thinking, leaving. your thinking is you're leaving as fast as you can.
1: Right. Yeah. I'm out. I'm leaving. You know, you know, my, when it comes to my family's welfare and well being, you know, I'll sacrifice a little ego. You know, it's just, it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Black Lives Matter. Hey, good for you. I don't believe in it, and it's a Marxist organization. <laughs> but
0: when you're being you know, threatened and and you need to get out of there, you believe in it for that moment, right?
1: Right, exactly. But say you and I are sitting at a cave, at a table, or you, me, and Gabe, or you know whatever, and they're like, raise your fist. Yeah, that's a whole different answer. Yeah, that's you know. <laughs> and I can
0: I can imagine what that answer would be too.
1: <laughs> well, you, yeah, you you know Gabe and uh, you're getting to know <laughs> me and Gabe and I are very, you know, simpatico. So yeah, that's that's not going to be a good answer. And uh, but you have to understand, you know, what's your mission? Is it your ego or is it your wife and kids? Oh.
0: I'm glad you brought up mission. So with your permission, I'd like to shift gears just a little bit. I, I very much appreciate you addressing the two people that emailed in a comment. So let's see if we can talk about the issue with uh, with Kyle in Wisconsin.
1: Oh, I don't know if I saw that. Which one was that? Okay.
0: Kyle Wittenhouse the one, is the okay. is is the young man in Wisconsin that oh. that uh, that after he was supposedly I think I got the facts mostly straight here he supposedly was def- helping to defend some personal property uh, of his family's I believe and eventually he inserted himself with with his AR slung on his body he inserted himself into a bunch of of angry protesters that wanted to basically kick his button probably even more on the street.
1: <sighs> Alright, uh, so some of your folks that are more uh, risk averse are not gonna like this. And That's okay. So I will say that I will say I love this kid. Um, but I also think it was stupid.
0: Okay, good. I agree. I love the kid. I love his patriotism. I love his 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 sense of self defense. I, I I like the cause that he was doing, but but I don't think, however, it happened because I didn't get a chance to see long video versions of it. The first thing I just thought is yeah. how did he end up in this situation in the middle of the night, cruising down. Uh, a street in Kenosha, Wisconsin, full of a ba- bunch of protesters burning buildings down. And if you watch the video, uh, two or three, we're, we're, we're trying to kick his butt right there on the street.
1: Well, he, here's why I love him. And here's where I'm like, uh, bro, where are your parents at? Right. Yeah. You know, uh, so here's where I love him. This kid showed up in a place less than 30 minutes away from his house right yeah. so the media portrays it like he crossed state lines and blah blah blah
0: no it's technically technically he did but it was a 30 minute drive he you're did. right
1: it's a 30 minute drive and if you like I'm from the Midwest like I've gone to a good bar that was 30 minutes away oh yeah I me mean, too I'm from the
0: I'm, I'm from was, Wisconsin I'm from Wisconsin too and we would <laughs> the, yeah, we we drove sometimes farther than
1: that to to go party, yeah. When, when I was stationed in Riley, Kansas, the the nearest bar out, outside of the dry county was forty five minutes drive away.
0: And I don't want I don't want anybody. I'm I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop some comments right here. Don't anybody email me and say, "What did you used to go out drinking and driving, Bob?" Because no, I didn't. It just means that we would travel with designated drivers to taverns Amen. that were more than thirty minutes away.
1: Exactly. Yeah. In the Midwest, a thirty-minute drive is across town. It's not a thing. Yeah, like that's not a thing. Like down here in Phoenix, a thirty-minute drive, people are like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, you had to come so far." It's like what? Yeah, it's thirty minutes. You know, yeah. so the Midwest, it's not a thing. Like, like less than thirty-minute drive, that's uh, you know, I'm gonna go for a good sandwich. You know, it's not a thing. And I see this kid, and he's idealistic, right? Because he's a uh, Oh, what do they call it? Not a cadet. What do they call the police? Uh, G-R-O-T-C. Uh,
2: whatever.
0: Yeah, we know.
1: You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. So the police R O T C thing, and he's out doing his thing. He just wants to be a good kid. And he drives less than 30 minutes to to Kenosha, Kenosha whatever. Kenosha, Wisconsin. He spends all the daylight hours scrubbing graffiti off a of walls.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people don't know that. That th- that's what he was doing before all this happened. He he was trying to clean things up.
1: Yeah. He he was scrubbing graffiti off of walls, just doing the right thing, being a great citizen. And then after nightfall comes down, the kid has an aid bag, a big old aid bag, and he just wants to make sure that anybody injured in the riots is getting aid. He's just out there running around saving lives. Well, I don't know who he delivered the aid to, but he, he was giving aid. He had an aid bag. And then all of a sudden you see him getting chased down the street by a bunch of rioters and getting assaulted by three violent felons.
0: Yes, they were. Now,
1: I wonder, I don't know how he ended
0: up in that situation, but there he was. There he was getting assaulted by violent felons, and he had his AR slung on his shoulder.
1: So here's my problem. Here's where I don't like it. A, he probably shouldn't have been there. Where were his parents? I get that he wanted to do a good thing, but he should have some supervision. Right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. here's B B is Wisconsin law can be taken there's a number of caveats for long guns it could be discerned as legal or illegal for him to carry I mm-hmm. understand his reasoning of he wants to protect himself at the same time I, I'm not entirely sure of the legality right
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. I'm not not sure about it.
1: Yep, and the third thing is he was clearly violating uh, curfew in that town. Yes. So as we look at that, what I can discern to the best of my ability is that He carried that rifle as a visual deterrent against him getting assaulted while rendering aid and doing good works.
0: I'm sure that was his thinking, Greg, but it seemed like it absolutely worked against him. It seemed like he, whether he was intentional or not, he was agitating. I don't think that was his intention, but it seemed like he was agitating those, those protesters, violent protesters.
1: I wouldn't say agitating. Um, okay, I wouldn't say that at all. Uh, what I would say is, and not to den- denigrate the kid. I mean, like, like he's a bold kid, you know, doing his thing, trying to. Oh yeah,
0: right. he is.
1: Not to denigrate him, but he's like a five-five-five-six doughy kid. Like he's not. He's not fit. Um, he's not. He looks like bait. Well, you're right. Perhaps
0: agitating was, is I, – I made the wrong word choice because, no, he wasn't agitating. What did you say? Maybe aggravating. Maybe aggravating. Aggravating, maybe, yes. I just don't think it's a bright idea when you got people burning down buildings. And, by the way, some of those – I think one of those felons was armed though that that were close to him. Um, well,
1: if you want to really look at it. Realistically, all three were armed because the very first one, which was the child molester,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and all three were felons, by the way.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: the very first one was a child molester, was throwing Molotov cocktails at this kid while he's trying to render aid. So he's uh, he's armed. He's trying to do first aid. He's armed. And so they threw mo- this. And you, can, if you find the videos of this guy. Yeah. Well, here's my thing. So. If you see the videos of this guy, he is chest-bumping people. He's violating their personal space. He's threatening people. Like one good barrel punch to the face. You know, knock out an incisor. You know, just just beat him in the face. Yeah, One time, real good, drop him, done deal. But he saw this young, doughy kid, and he's like, that's fresh meat. That's yeah, fresh meat. And I can steal a rifle. Yeah, right. So, you know, and then uh, so he was throwing Molotov cocktails at this kid. The kid ran because he's trying to distance himself from from, you know, aggression. And he ran and dude that threw the Molotov at him tried to attack him. Right. He shot him.
0: Right, he tried he Hand tried gun. to give the kid a headshot with uh, with his with his fist, I think, or with his arm, or something like that. And yes, Kyle shot him. And then there was another guy there at the scene. I'm pretty sure um, was armed with a yep. handgun. Sa-
1: well, no, that's the third guy. The, the third guy. Okay. Guy had a skateboard. skateboard guy had a yes. Skateboard. And after uh, this kid hit the ground, and I would I would direct you to the video because he no longer has his aid bag and if i've left my aid bag behind i've already been attacked mm-hmm. so i guarantee you somebody stripped that a bag from him and took it mm-hmm. and he's running he's running down the street and number two well no i'm sorry number two was this kid that gave him a flying head kick from out of nowhere and ran off.
0: That's right. I saw that. Yes.
1: Yep. And then number 3 was the guy with the skateboard who smoked him in the side of the head with the skateboard. That's a deadly weapon. Yes. Kiss my ass, I'll shoot you too. Well,
0: uh, if not deadly, he's Well, yeah, it is. If he's if he's whacking you in the head with a skateboard, that's that's deadly. Yep. Yep, it is.
1: Yeah, that's, that was deadly that's force. That's deadly force. And he shot him. Good mm-hmm. on this kid. And then uh, this dude rolls up and tries to assault him. And then he throws his hands up like, oh, no, no. Hands up, don't shoot. As soon, Like if you watch the video, as soon as the kid turns his back, he pulls a Glock out of his fucking waistband. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. He pulls a Glock out of his waistband and tries to shoot him in the head. And the kid falls down on the ground, spins around, sees it, shoots him in the bicep. This is a felon with a Glock in his waistband. The first guy he shot was a pedophile. The second guy he shot was a convicted felon trying to beat his head in with a skateboard. The third guy he shot was a felon with a gun which you shouldn't have in the first place.
0: Yep, and I agree with you 100%, and we've we've definitely established the fact that these were three absolute dirtbags. How do you think that, that Kyle ended up in that situation?
1: Uh, well, uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin is basically a suburb of Chicago.
0: Yes, that's true. It is. I've been there many times. I've been to Kenosha many times, I, so yes, I know.
1: I really don't feel good about it. I I think he's gonna end up good on all the shootings. I don't think he's gonna end up good on the uh, violation of uh, what uh, what do you call it? Where you have to go home. Um,
0: violation of what? Curfew. curfew. Oh, curfew. Curfew. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I don't think he's gonna. I've, I don't think he's gonna pass on violation of curfew. I don't think he's gonna pass eh, unless his defense attorneys can work it well. I don't think he's gonna get passed on possessing a firearm. I think they're gonna try to break it to him, but but this kid is everything. This is my opinion. This kid is everything America is supposed to be. He saw injustice. He saw people destroying property. He went out there and fixed it. He went out there to try to render medical aid. And repair the did, property. And repair the property. And here's, here's my main thing. This is a minor getting attacked by three large adults that were armed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Three large adults that were armed. And he didn't shoot anybody else.
0: Yeah, and and you know what? The three guys that were attacking him, I think we all know that the guys weren't just you know wanting to go up there and have words with him. They 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 wanted to they they wanted to either kill or severely uh, uh, injure him. Absolutely, it was a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, there, there, there's previous video of that. Right. Uh, I mean, they had a preconceived notion of what was going to happen. They didn't expect some. Seventeen-year-old kid was going to shoot him up, you know. If, if this kid was in my unit, I would, I would I would tune him up because he dropped three guys with no collateral casualties inside a close environment while getting mm-hmm. his ass kicked.
0: That's what unbelievable.
1: Animal, what an animal! Yeah. yeah, yeah, give that guy some credit,
0: you know. Yeah, absolutely, uh, I do. I do give him credit for right? for defending himself.
1: I've seen so much on Facebook, and I'm just like, this is still a minor child being attacked by three adult males who yeah. were armed, and he got some scuffs.
0: Good well, he was him. he was justified. I just wish he wouldn't uh, he hadn't have been ended up in that situation. I just wish it wouldn't have happened. You know, especially to a young man like this, because. He's got his whole life ahead of him, and now he's going to have to deal with this in one way, shape, or form for the rest of his life.
1: Maybe. It could have been done better, I would say that. You know, it could have been done better.
0: Uh, Well, from what I hear, and maybe you got more experience on this. Well, you might, because I've never had to use my my gun in self-defense. Thank God. and hope I never do. But people that I have talked to and heard from that have used their gun and if they ended up killing somebody in self-defense emotionally they seem to have to deal with it pretty much the rest of their life
1: oh i hate that yeah i hate that topic yeah i'm sorry
0: i figured you might
1: i really hate uh
0: but that's where kyle finds himself right now
1: maybe yeah. It depends.
0: <laughs> well,
1: I don't want to. I don't
0: want to take you. I don't want to take you into territory that that you don't want to talk about. I just wanted to throw that statement out there. That
1: no, you know, percent fine. Yeah. Any so if you uh, what do you call it? Uh, interviewed any direct action shooter group? Mm-hmm. PTSD is almost zero. Okay. Almost none. None whatsoever, because that mission was their responsibility, right? And the only people that feel – oh, I shouldn't say this. Uh, let me say it a different way. When you feel PTSD over an appropriate action is because you don't feel it was justifiable. Does okay. That make
0: sense? It makes sense. Yeah. I'm just saying this Greg and uh, <clears throat> and I don't want to I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too far. I'm,
1: I'm sure I'm sure the I am sure the veterans are going to freaking nail me on that
0: one. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. will. That's okay. That's I mean, okay. Were
1: you a direct action shooter group? Nope. You came into it accidental, you were unprepared for it and now you have PTSD. And yeah. nine times out of ten, most of that PTSD is uh, clinical depression, which has nothing to do with your shooting environment. Sorry. I, That's okay. That's okay. I'm done. Um, That's my it, preach. <laughs> uh, well,
0: and I want to wrap up in about ten minutes, but I'm just going to say this. When I was 17, all I wanted to do is hurry up and turn 18 so I could legally go out and party with all my friends because the the partying and drinking age at that time in Wisconsin was 18. Okay? I was not and and thank God I didn't have to go take my AR down the street in the middle of a of a bunch of protesters and ended up killing two guys when I was 17 cuz all I wanted to do was quickly turn 18 so I could go out and party. <coughs> okay you know uh Uh, and i wouldn't wish it upon any what i'm saying my point is i wouldn't i wouldn't wish what happened to him on any 17 year old kid i'm sad that it happened to him but but he acted he acted brilliantly
1: i would say it depends on his career choice
0: (laughs) yeah
2: true Uh,
1: you know uh for for somebody what just wants to go to school and, uh, you know, get his degree and go work for whatever, JP Morgan or whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, that experience is not going to help you. Um, but it's not
0: But I think like his that. direction in life is he wants to do something other than just go sit behind a desk and, and push paper.
1: Right. So, you you only get debilitized by an event like that if your head is not in the right space. Right. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. I don't know.
1: So, if if you're fully aware... Oh, that's a bad, no, that's a bad comment because I don't want to speak to his uh, uh, thought process. But if you're fully aware... All right, so let me preface this. This kid is like six months younger than when I got handed a rifle in the United States Army and told to go kill people.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, realistically. And if your headspace is right, it's not going to be a problem. If your headspace is wrong, it's going to be a problem. Let me give you an example.
0: That's a good point.
1: Uh, so I got a friend of mine, a beautiful human being, like just a great, great man, and a fantastic shooter. He was he was a master class shooter. Uh, great guy. He was sergeant of my police department, uh, in my hometown. Just just a fantastic dude, right? And he loved to shoot. You know, he's exceptional shooter super nice guy, took care of all the kids, you know all of us kids and just a fantastic individual. And then he got into a kind of a crappy shooting. Uh, he was justified and it was good. It was a good shoot. I would have done it uh, but it wrecked him. It mm-hmm. just wrecked him mm-hmm. because he had that he still he was stuck in that 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 serve and protect mode. And he didn't know how to switch it above that. Does that make sense? Yeah, like it does. That? It does. You're trying to kill me. I'm going to kill you. You know, he, he didn't. He never thought he would have to do it, I guess, is the best thing. Uh, he never thought he would have to kill somebody. And he did. And it was this geriatric old man. And tragic, tragic story. And for me, I was just like, okay. You know, he pulled a gun, you shot him, and, uh, you know, okay. He's like, no, no, it's not the same. And I'm like, no, it is the same. Well, but to him, for in his perspective, it wasn't the same. Well, in his perspective, yeah, exactly. In his perspective, he should have, like, you know, talked him out of the gun or whatever. And the guy had dementia, you know, so I wouldn't say it was his fault. But he shot this dude, and he was tore up about it. And I'm kind of insensitive, so I'm like, "Well, you know, he's old as hell, so his life is over anyway. So, was it a big deal?" Which is probably not the best talk off.
0: Yeah, no, uh, I don't think so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I was like 22 years old, you know. I was, hard charger and I'm like, you know, this is not a big deal. You know, probably not the best, you know, I'm going to set you at ease type thing. Uh, But, you know, it ruined him. Like he retired, you know, and got out And uh, you know, when, when, when I talk to people, Oh, hope we have time for this. Actually, it made me think of something. Okay. Uh, Yeah quickly so when i talk to people i'm like i'm like yeah just just make the decision you know you you'll feel it you'll know it you know and just do it so the one thing you asked me about most uh during the last conversation was uh-huh. evacuating a vehicle with your wife and child
0: yes i rem- i did ask you that
1: and that's extraordinarily important and i didn't address it at all.
0: okay let's do that
1: uh, uh, can we do that? We have time? Yes, we do. Okay. So evacuating your child. And so I talked about initially the positioning of the vehicle and how to exit the vehicle, right? I didn't talk about how to manage that after you're done. So the so the biggest thing is you don't want to castle up in your vehicle, right? You don't want to bunker up in your vehicle because you have flanks, right? Mm-hmm, and a vehicle's mm-hmm. not that big. Right so I talked about positioning the vehicle to defend yourself, getting your people out like crawling over the center console and just you know leaving so it depends on and this is one I really wanted to address because I've uh, a daughter is like you' if your wife cannot manage your daughter, you're gonna have to manage both mm-hmm which is awkward. Uh, so, you give me one principle, and I can move them around and drive them off to different areas and push them. So I can I can drive my wife, but I can't drive my wife and daughter. So you have to educate your spouse to manage the children. Okay. I know it's I know it's sexist but if your wife is not a shooter she has to manage the children right and they leave before you so from a car if you're exiting the vehicle they leave before you you do your work so it's not like uh, for those with uh, military background you can't you can't bound you can't bound because your your spouse and child are not returning fire so you don't have that kind of time. You have to buy them the time to seek cover until you can leave.
0: Yeah, that's such so, a
1: great point. And I wonder how
0: many people have never thought this through.
1: Oh, for sure. Nobody has. No. No, everybody everybody does that, uh, uh, I don't know, whatever, video game
2: type yeah.
1: Leaving my car and it's by, by myself. What do you have? Kids? Do you have a wife? That's not game plan. It's no. like, well, how do you do that? You know, what's? I mean, I mean, it's little things. It's little things that you know accumulate into other things.
0: Well, no so, plan is not a plan.
1: Well, any plan doesn't survive the first content. Right. So. But you have to have a plan. So if you have a tornado in your area, where do they go?
0: Yeah, I, meant to, I meant to say no plan is not a good strategy. That's what I meant to say.
1: Right. So, you know, there, there's little things. It's like, gentleman-wise, the man should walk on the vehicle side of the curb, right, in case a vehicle shoots over a horse and... Kills the man and not the woman, right? Hmm. So that's chivalry. In my mind, you walk on my non-gun side no matter where we are. Okay. So I'm right-handed. So my girlfriend always walks on the right side. My ex-wife used to always walk on the right side. And the understand with, with my ex-wife, the understanding was if I push you away – leave me alone don't hug me don't you know don't grab me don't nothing if I push you away
0: there's you know, a good reason you. for it
1: right exactly and she was a shooter too actually not okay. to taking anything away from her but she was a shooter too so you know she looks like the helpless female and then she busts out a browning high power and lays <laughs> yeah. somebody up. Amen. amen that's Let's a great
0: it. that's a great image I love it <laughs>
1: You know, done girl you know <laughs> grab my daughter throw her behind you and lace him up with a you know lace him yeah. up with some nine ball and, yeah let you know, the I'm
0: air out, them, out of them right
1: <laughs> so that's actually a great thing actually um so yeah yeah it's like you know that was her thing but my my current girlfriend is not a shooter so you don't walk on my right side because You'll botch my drawstroke, you'll freak out. I'd rather have you freak out on my left arm than my drawstroke arm. You know, so it's all planning. It's all staging. Uh, in a crowd, in a vehicle, in a mob. It's all about staging. You've mm-hmm. got to stage stuff. You gotta think about it in advance. It's not something that you're just gonna react well to, as you know, evidenced by this kid in kenosha Mm
2: -hmm. you
1: know you can't just react i mean the kid had one magazine no body armor no kit no bag no nothing like no sidearm i mean the worst the worst preparation available this kid had he still won
0: he still prevailed but
1: he still prevailed but why not like why not give yourself the advantage? Right. Why, why not increase your odds, right? Right. Absolutely. You know, yeah. If I'm not cheating, I'm not trying hard enough.
0: Why not have a, a, a Glock 34 with an RMR and two spare magazines as your sidearm? Yeah. Thank you very much, Greg Nichols. Um, I really enjoyed This And uh, there might be a part three in a few weeks, but I think this was important, this part two. Uh, Once again, Greg, thank you so much for donating your time. As I always say, time is not a renewable asset. And so um, let's make it worth Greg's time to come and donate his time to do this interview. Uh, Check out his classes over at SuarezInternational.com. And you might want to become a member of the of the forum Warrior Talk at Suarez as well. Again, you got any more feedback? At gmail, excuse me, Handgunworld at gmail.com dot com or two one zero six four six seventeen twenty-seven is the voicemail number, two one oh six four six one seven two seven. I think you probably got a lot from this episode to digest, so I'm going to pretty much wrap it up right now. I want to say this in closing. We as gun owners and gun carriers don't go looking for trouble, but sometimes trouble finds us. I am not a big advocate advocate of going to, uh, to look for trouble. Matter of fact, I absolutely advise against going out to look for trouble. You know, we don't know whether Kyle in Kenosha was going out looking for trouble or not. I don't think we really have enough details on that. But if you ever find yourself in a situation where you can either go out into trouble or not, I would say... Try not to do it. Avoid it, if at all possible. There is a video out there where I believe that Kyle Rittenhouse is saying, you know, I am going to go out into the crowd. I'm going to go out into those protesters. And what he actually said was something like, if someone's going to get hurt, I'm going to go out into harm's way. Um, You know, and I think that's kind of what Greg and I were talking about. I applaud his patriotism, I applaud his willingness to help, but I don't think he was actually deputized to go out into harm's way by somebody, even if it was somebody that was hurt. Again, he's a patriot on one hand, he is what America should be in, in, in the willingness to help people, the willingness to defend people, the willingness to defend property. But I think you gotta make intelligent decisions about when it's time to go out into harm's way and when it's not. Now, it's apparent we got a civil war going on in the United States right now. And I don't mean a civil war with arms yet. Hopefully it doesn't get completely to that point. But I think we have a I think we have a civil war with ideologies right now. We have an extremely broken and split country in America. Today. I think that's perfectly obvious. I think that there is a relatively calm civil war going on right now. I hope that the civil war does not get worse. I hope it does not get to an outright fighting in every street civil war. We don't want that folks. We absolutely do not want that. So that's the main message uh, that, that I was trying to make and I believe that, that Greg was trying to make in this interview. Okay, with that said, folks, remember, shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you next week.